Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's up, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. Oh, my Lord, where we get to actually hear from the heart of Pastor Heart Ramsey, and boy, I just know there's plenty to be said on today's session. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. So <laughs> there's a lot of elephants in the room that we've got to go ahead and start picking apart piece by piece. Let's start with what's happening right now in Houston. Um, okay. As most folks by now know, uh, Hurricane Harvey has come in and done just an insane amount of damage. The fourth largest city in the United States uh, a lot of that city is underwater significantly right now. And um, I guess my first area of concern is this. You know, people hopped on social media to start talking about uh, the people who were stranded to say, hey, why didn't you guys heed the warning and leave? Almost as though there was no compassion toward those people. W- what do we say to that? Well, you know, uh, there there's a a, a, um, a blindness at, at work here, Gerard. First of all, w- w- let's let's walk through an evacuation. Yes, you get this. Um, first of all, hurricane. I grew up in the Caribbean, in mm-hmm. St. Thomas, in particular, where annually, or uh, between on the end of July and uh, uh, most times, it ended right in October. You had what was called hurricane season. We expected it every year. Right. And, and because of where we're located, we got a hurricane of some magnitude every year, whether a tropical storm, whatever, we got weather. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, it's not like that. Um, the, the storms will, will threaten, then they'll, 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 they'll fizzle or, or, you know, we never know where they're going to hit. Right. The, the advantage we had in the Caribbean was they're going to hit. If they say it's coming towards you, it's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. Well, so when you say evacuate, first of all, there is... You have to you're evacuating from one place to another place. <laughs> right, 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 right. First thing, the first question is, is where are you going? The second question is, how are you going to get there? Number three is, do you have money to sustain you while you're there? Mm-hmm. Because evacuation is the people that don't evacuate. Yes, there are some people who who, who uh, play Russian roulette, but but there's some people also that don't have the funds. Right. And for us to for, for people to just get on social media and insensitively say, well, why didn't you just evacuate? They're missing the point. Everyone doesn't share the same economic advantage. Everyone is not in the same place. And so to me, that's what we, America has become so hateful and insensitive and, and angry and toxic. I don't know. I think it was there. Mm-hmm. But, but, but it has been drawn out into the open. Everyone just has something to say negatively about, man, listen, first show compassion, then ask the question. Right, right, right. Having lived in Virginia Beach where there was always the threat of a hurricane, you know, a lot of them came and went. 
And so you're exactly right. You know, do you get up and pick up and move, you know, because they say evacuate and then, you know, it goes from a category four to like a little bit of rain, you know? So I, I totally get, you know, and, and the media has done a really good job of, I guess, trying to overstate, you know, when it comes to a threat like that. Um, but this time they were right on the money. And, yeah. you know, the pictures that are coming out of there and the stories, I mean, gosh, it's incredible. And so many of us have people connected to Houston, uh, whether right. we have friends in the industry or in ministry or what have you. And so that leads us to this. Um, many churches closed their doors on Sunday because there was too much rain. There was too much water. It was getting dangerous for people. Um, and so... Uh, Pastor Joel Osteen and the folks at Lakewood closed their doors to church on Sunday. And somehow that turned into people thinking that they were turning people away for um, help and shelter and the like. And really, for the last few days, everybody has seemingly stopped talking about how do we rescue people and how do we help people to why wasn't Joel Osteen and Lakewood Church there? Let's start here. What do you think as a pastor uh, the response should be? Take away from Joel Osteen. What should the response be as a pastor and as a church if a hurricane is coming your way? Well, Gerard, there's a lot that goes into this, and, and I'm going to take a minute to do this because it's a lot. First Please. of all, when, when we, we built our domes, people think we built the domes in Dothan to be cool or to be faddish, mm-hmm. but we that's not the case. We were we were looking to add space for our congregation at the, at the exact time that Katrina hit New Orleans. Oh, wow. And when we, we saw the devastation, we saw the overwhelming, um, um, like, like the... People just descended on the Superdome, how it came apart, how it was devastated. So my board and I sat down and decided we need to do something so we're ever in that situation that that our building converts easily to a shelter. That's good. So we spent, I'm not kidding you, normally the building we're looking to build would would have cost us $4 million. Okay. But because we chose to build a monolithic dome, which is the safest structure you could build, Mm -hmm. The the project went from four million to nine million dollars. Wow! So it, it added five million dollars to our budget. And here's the crazy part that a lot of people don't know: they don't know that once you, after we spent all that money, cleared all the plans through the city, um, dotted every I and crossed every T, this is our dorm has been standing now for eight years, mm-hmm. and we still have not been um, totally approved to be a FEMA shelter. Really. We, they only approved a part of it, and th- and that came through a, 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 um, a, a, what do you what I would call this provisional channel. It's not it's not even um totally official. It's a provisional channel that was a loophole, so to speak. So for, for they need to understand something to be qualified as a shelter. Lakewood, you know, a, a law enforcement person wrote on my on my Facebook po- page last night, and she said she said to be fair to Joe Osteen and Lakewood. She said, even if they want to open up their doors, they could do that. But to be considered a shelter, they, they, a couple of things have to happen. Number one, you have to have the liability insurance for that. 
Right. So if a church, if a church wants to to be a, a help to the community in, during times of a crisis like this, it doesn't just begin the t- at the time the crisis happened. It begins way before that. Mm-hmm. You have you have to get your liability squared away. Then then your facility has to be able to convert easily wow. into a shelter, or else it's going to be destroyed, and with and you're going to be responsible to fix it. Right. Doesn't then there's then there's the other element of, um, or you have there has to be a medical. Um, contingency on hand, and then there has to be a law enforcement or security contingency. So there are a lot of things to consider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a situation like Lakewood, I w- I'm very, very, my heart go out to them mm-hmm. because the, the terminology they used was um, the building is not accessible; it's inaccessible. Right. So, so some 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 joker goes down there with a camera and say, "Nah, look, it's dry." But what he showed, I've been to Lakewood. What he showed was the parking lot area on top. But man, that's not where they park. That's where the staff parks. Right. Where the people park is downstairs. That's underwater. Mm-hmm. That's that's underwater. The parking deck is underwater, and yes, the building is dry. But even in that situation, this, the considerations: can people get access to the building? Number two, is the city willing to sign off on it, and 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 help us with liability, and help us with with our uh, um, law enforcement, and help us with our, our medical. Or staffing, and if they can't do that, then we cannot open the door because anyone that get hurt, that comes there, and, and they could say they got hurt there. There's so much that goes into it, and people are just not being fair. Mm-mm-mm-mm. They're not being fair. Now, let me tell you about our, our situation in, in Dothan, with the dome. Um, wh- whenever there's a tornado warning, we invite the city to come because our building is, is structured to withstand a F5 tornado. Okay. Okay. But we, but when they come in. We limit them. Our, our, our facility, our, our campus has uh, two domes. One is called the Fellowship Dome. The other is the Worship Dome. Mm-hmm. We limit them. The first thousand people that come in, they're limited to the Fellowship Dome because we don't want to be responsible for them wandering off somewhere and get that. It, it could be a dangerous situation. Right. And so people got to be considerate. I mean, and of course, there's some people who are bandwagoners. Whenever the church is under attack, they and they're Christians, they would jump on the on the bandwagon to attack the church. Mm-hmm. That's to me, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I. First of all, you raise a lot of great points that I think people really need to consider. That I know most don't think about because they think, oh, it's a church. A church should open its doors because the church is there for the community. But the reality right. of it is, you know, the the Superdome in New Orleans when it was open for Katrina, there were all kinds of things that ended up happening in there, and they ended yep. up having to spend all kinds of money to repair that from the damage that the people did inside the dome so it's a very real concern that you've raised um but then on top of that there is this thing that you mentioned with the bandwagon piece and i want you to talk about it because i i just i mean literally today when i woke up i was grieved at how many people find pleasure in talking negatively about the church now the last time i checked the church is the bride of christ and I would not go for anybody talking badly about my wife. And I certainly am not going to lead the charge. So my question is, why? Why are so many people so quick to jump on this bandwagon and say, Joel Osteen, you're no good. The church isn't as if Lakewood Church is the only church in Houston that is capable or qualified to help people. 
Well, first of all, Lakewood, Lakewood Church is not, as, as I know Houston, Lakewood Church is not the closest church to where the action is. Nope, there are it's a lot not. Of churches. You have to pass literally thousands of church buildings to get to Lakewood when you look at the, the most flooded areas. But I want to I speak to that issue of the church, and I'm going to speak from a pastoral standpoint. First of all, I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is to pastor a church. I agree. Listen, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I was sitting with a friend recently, and we were talking about if we could go back and make alternate life choices in terms of what, what we're going to do as a vocation and profession. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most stressful job in the world. And what people get confused about is when you look at a guy like Joe Osteen and maybe a T.D. Jakes and other people like that, a Rick Warren, who have they've written books. They've, they have written books and done different things that generated major dollars. Right. And so their mentality... The, the, the prevailing, and I call it a stupid mentality, is that every dollar a pastor gets, um, a pastor should never enjoy life, he should never have anything, he should give it all to the poor. Well, they, they, and they, they're using one scripture in the Bible where Jesus told one person mm-hmm. who was trapped by his finances, who, who the one thing that was blocking him from coming to the Lord was his money. Right. Sell all you have, give to the poor, and follow me. And, and, they, and they think that that's, it's not fair. Because because these very people are pursuing success themselves, and Joe Osteen wrote, they write him and Rick Warren and different TD Jakes. They've they've used other means to make money, that, right. and they still continue to pastor their churches. It's not fair. That that mentality is not fair. And and the church, uh, let me say this: we don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. But the ones of us who have who have the heart for the Lord, we know how to make it right. Right. And and um and and what I, what I say by that is is that hindsight is is amazing gift. Yes, it it's is. It's an amazing gift when when, when you can re, um, in, um, do an after action and say, "Well, I didn't get this right. I, can't, I didn't get that right." But man, for for them to attack them like that, and then they want to destroy a reputation uh, without even checking the spirit behind the accusation. Right. Man, I'm gonna speak to the saints for a minute. Uh, people of God, let me tell you something. The enemy hates the church. Mm-hmm. And what what people miss is this: when you meet a petty person, a person that's vengeful and vindictive. What do you think they get that spirit from? That's 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 part of Satan's character. That's right. And so what he does, Satan is the is 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 the is the God small G of the get back. What he what every church, every minister that's ever given him a black eye, that's ever uh, uh, transferred people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. If God used them to do anything that was beneficial to the human soul. Satan, he's, he's very vindictive. He wants to get them back. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to give Joe Austin a black eye because Joe, Joe is getting out, coming, standing out there. And yes, he preaches a very simple message, but it's effective. It gives hope and it speaks about the love of God. Yes. I believe, I'm going to dare say this. A lot of people that don't like Joe Osteen and minister, they're jealous. It's a wicked spirit of jealousy and covetousness. Mm-hmm. They wish they had it, but he had. I agree. I know some people listen to the podcast now, they're, getting, they're probably upset with it. But you know, it's time to call, what, call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in our city, um, people got so mad. You know, here we, here we were. Um, you know, we, we, we got a clarion call to start another congregation in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time that, that we were called to start the church in Montgomery, man, we were good in Dothan. We had no problem. I mean, financially, Dothan was taking care of itself. Um, we, we, we had a great attendance on Sunday morning, um, gr- good reputation in the city. And when and people in Montgomery was like, man, we, a hundred of us want you to come and start a church here. And so we prayed about it, and then we went. The mm-hmm. problem was, after I started the church, I set a site pastor over the church, Gerard. Um, when I wouldn't go, the, con- the attendance would drop. So we asked the congregation, hey, what's going on? And they said, well, pastor, we came because we love your ministry. Oh, wow. So it, it posed a problem. We needed a time machine. 
the Dalton church started at 1030. The, um, the Montgomery church starts at nine o'clock, but the two cities are, are two hours apart. They're right. two hours away from each other. What do we do? Right. So I called different people, got different advice. At first we were chartering a plane, but then it had to land at, it had to land at an airport and then take me to the church. So we ended up at first um, renting a helicopter. Then we bought one. Mm-hmm. It, it's, we don't use it for anything personal. It's to get back and forth from site to site. It's a time machine. Right. But you would think people you think people would be excited. No, they won't. You know why they weren't excited? Because they didn't do it. That's Because they didn't have that kind of appeal. Mm-hmm. And we do that all the time. Any ministry gift that's coming to the forefront or that's, that's leading the charge for the body of Christ, not for themselves, people attack them. It's, it's, it, we have to stop that. I mean, sometimes, you know, even if the church gets it wrong, I just posted this on social media. Sometimes you got to take an L with the team, man. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. If we go, if we will win together. Let's 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 we have to lose together. Mm-hmm. And then we so we we take the L and then we we, we step step back and say, okay, we, what did we get wrong? Let's fix it. So that's my rant. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Art Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. <laughs> no, that's that's so good. And in there, you said something that brought up another thing that I just want to throw out there. And that is you, you talked about how so many of the um, attacks, uh, I, I, and that's really the only word I have for it, come from people who are probably jealous. And, and, and they come from so many things, whether it is a helicopter, whether it is they didn't open the church, or whether it's you got funny color hair, or you're wearing skinny jeans, or all of this yep. type of stuff. I, I, I get amazed at how often people turn their energy toward attacking the same people that they either, that are either serving them or that they want to be like, how does that get fixed? Because I, I have a lot of concerns, but let me ask that question first. I think we need to go back and show that this is not a new thing, that it's been the pattern of the enemy for years. Oh, that's Jesus, Jesus told the Pharisees to say, ye are they which killed the prophets mm. and then build their sepulchers. So the, the church is notorious for only honoring its leaders after they're dead. Wow. Oh, wow. It's true. It's true. You would be surprised at the people, you know, in the city of Dothan, and Dothan is, is, is by no means a metropolis, but they, we have a history. And in the city of Dothan, Martin Luther King Jr. was was um, doing his tour, okay. his um, civil rights tour, and Dothan, the black people in Dothan wrote him and told him not to come. What? Yep. They told him, they said, they said man, don't come here stirring up stuff. If things are bad enough, we don't need you here. But after he died, not, not every, every year they're marching. Oh, wow. So, so my thing is like, you know, I, we have to f- begin by teaching the people of God. This is what the enemy does, and he, he attacks the church. He uses vilification. He uses classification. 
Uh, he, 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 um, he, he categorizes and he, he does all, he, he's trying to get us to become a, a something that people shun. And what he's afraid of is not us. He's afraid of, of, the, of the fact that God uses us as vessels to speak a word that would deliver him. The enemy knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Another issue that we have to speak to Gerard is the fact that we, the church has, has been guilty of tolerating counterfeits. Oh, let, wow. me explain, let me explain to you what I mean. Like, like, let's say I'm, I'm here pastoring and, and, and my church is doing well, but there's some false prophet down the road uh, and, and I see him. I know he's false, but I won't because in the name of not being divisive, I never address him mm. to my congregation. I never speak to the fact that him down there uh, preaching this, this and this is wrong because we're so afraid to, to cast stones at others. And so what happens is other people that notice other ministry that's false are measuring all ministries by their falsehood. Oh, wow. Our silence makes us complicit in their eyes. And so they will look at us and say, well, all churches are like this. And so uh, uh, all, all churches, and why are we on it? And I'm going to call this name. I know you didn't bring it up, but I'm going to bring this up. This is probably for another podcast, but I'm going to bring it up. Paula White? Let oh, yes. I'm going to help you out. You see, I, I'm not going to, we're not going to slander nothing. We're not going to make any, but I'm going to tell you this. I know for a fact, okay, that that there's a bending. There is in her. This drive towards the almighty dollar. Mm. Okay? The, the problem with Paula is a lot of people celebrated her. They gave her platforms. They brought her in knowing, Gerard, knowing that it was a weakness of hers. Wow. Knowing that, that, um, that, that um, in one situation I was in, uh, I, went to, uh, I was uh, speaking at a conference years ago, and um, it was three of us, myself, uh, Dr. Roger Mitchell and Paula White, and, and she was like the, the, um, the Thursday night speaker. I was Wednesday she was Thursday, and then Dr. Mitchell closed out. The Thursday night, um, something crazy happens. She comes in. She When she walks off the plane, they hand her an envelope with her money. Okay? Um, she comes to preach at the church, and then out of nowhere, her security guys at the end of the service, I mean, she gets she quotes her scripture, and everybody goes wild, and she says, right now, pull out your checkbook and write a check for $41.88 based on the scripture. I think it was Isaiah 41, 18, whatever it was. And people sat down. Now, there were, I did the math. There were 1,500 people there. Let's say 500 people didn't give in that offering. Mm. Okay? Do the math. Mm-hmm. $41.18 per person times 1,000? That's a lot of money. It's 40, yeah. So, 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 and the pastor afterwards, and let me tell you what happened. The pastor afterwards was grieved. And I said, ask him what happened. I said, well, are you okay? And he said, he said, nah. I said, what happened? He told me, he said, well, we, we already paid her. And wow. it was agreed that no offerings would be taken. That's the kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and now watch this. I've, I'm, I'm speaking this openly now. And I'm, the reason I'm speaking it openly is because now she's she's went publicly and, and qualified herself as a false prophet. Mm-hmm. Telling the people of God that if they stand against against the, the insane government of Donald Trump, they stand against God. The saints, that, that is not true. And I go on record today. Saying it is not true, and it's time for us to stand up to that junk. I I love that, and I think it it's necessary to begin to call these kinds of things uh, on the carpet. So here's the here's the real question: uh, How does a person know uh, whether they are a pastor or a lay member? How do you know when it's time? to be quiet and not say anything or the time to speak up and speak out because you, you've raised some very interesting points on both sides. There's a lot to go with that. And I want to say this, first of all, let's, I want to pick, t- put it in a different context. Okay. The, the basic understanding is 
um, if you want God involved in the change, you want a resolution and not a revolution. Oh, that's good. Okay. A revolution is when we try to solve the problem from the bottom up. Hmm. A resolution is when we try when we solve the problem from the, from the top down. That's so good. that's why the Lord says we pray for those who, who are in positions of authority because it, what we do, we're going to the head of all, all leadership and all government. Mm-hmm. So we're praying to God and we say, Lord, speak to this situation. Well, how does God speak to it? Through prophets. Okay. Now, people come at me all the time and say, oh, oh, how dare you uh, uh, respond to the president's tweets like that? Man, listen, God has called me as, as a voice to the nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he gets, God gets to choose where, where my voice is respected and where my influence has weight. But I have to speak up. Right. Because prophets, speaks to, prophets speak to kings. Um, uh, uh, if any king, as a matter of fact, I'm going to show you something. I think I've shared this before, but it's worth repeating right here. Um, Saul um, disobeyed the Lord and God took his kingdom from him. Mm-hmm. David disobeyed the Lord and God let him finish out his reign. What was the difference? The difference was how they responded to the prophets. Ah. When, when Saul sinned against God and did not kill um, Agag and the uh, Amalekites, God sent Samuel to him. And, and God told Samuel to tell Saul, you've disobeyed the Lord. And Saul said, no, I haven't. I fully obeyed the Lord, which prompted Samuel to respond. If you fully obey the Lord, then what be this bleeding of sheep and loan of oxen that I hear? And why is Agag over there when he should be dead? Mm. And in that day, in that, that very day, the Bible says that when Samuel turned to walk off, um, Saul grabbed his garment and it tore. And, and Samuel's response to Saul was just the way you just tore my garment. The Lord has torn the kingdom from you. Flip to David. David sins against Uriah. He sleeps with his wife. He has Uriah killed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He lived married with Bathsheba for a year before um, Nathan the prophet comes to him. When Nathan comes, Nathan tells him this little narrative, this parabolic um, um, story to provoke him. And when David uh, heard the story, he said, the man that had done this shall surely die. Nathan responded and said, thou art the man. What does David do? He repents. He says, I'm guilty. I did this. And in that moment, the way he responded to his prophet, the prophet that was sent to him, that's how God determined whether or not he was fit to be king. Wow. The fitness to be king, the question that the prophet asks the leader is, can you still see? Because wow. it's not whether or not you got it wrong. It's obvious you got it wrong. It's can you see you're wrong? Mm. So, so uh, in, in, when, we, when it comes time to speak to these issues, um, as, as, as it, be, uh, it relates to either government or in this case, Clergy. I believe that clergy speaks to clergy. Like someone, someone will listen to this pa- podcast and say, well, Pastor, I think you're wrong for calling out. Uh, no, I'm not wrong. Who else is going to do it? Right. Who, is, who else is going to say you are wrong? What you're doing is wrong. What you're saying is wrong. It's, it's motivated by money. It, it, re- the only reason that you are saying what you're saying to defend this leader is because this leader, uh, you're in his pocket. Mm-hmm. He's been a b- financial blessing to you. You're living on a different financial level, and and his agenda supports your cause. Now you don't care, not care about the people. No, we we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to go, going back to this thing, uh, when you look at a guy like Joe Osteen, someone came on my page and said, "Well, Pastor Joe Osteen defended Donald Trump." That's not what he did. Right. When they came to him, Joe Osteen said that he was friends with Donald Trump, and that he's a nice guy. 
Right. I mean, Joe. I mean, Joe's the kind of guy that sees good in everybody. Okay. Now I can't be mad. But you say someone said, "Well, you shouldn't be friends with him." Man, I got friends as idiots too. <laughs> right. <laughs> who, 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 who among us don't have a couple of friends? And he said, "Man, you know what? He's a nut." Right. So and and, the, and they're not friends. Like they don't hang out. I don't see him playing golf together. He just said, "Man, he's a nice guy." I mean, his is his policy wrong? Yeah. Should Joe speak out uh, against his policy? This is what I have to say about that. If he is not, if he doesn't sense a prophetic call to speak to that leader or speak against that leader, then I prefer he not. That's good. The ones of us who feel that we have a call. Now, there are some that have to, and it it took Charlottesville to happen Mm -hmm. for some people to speak against the rogue leadership, the divisive government of Donald Trump. It 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 took um, Charlottesville to happen for people to clearly see. Right. What we've been seeing from the campaign. Right. For people to be, uh, I think any further silence would have moved them beyond complicit to accomplices. Right. So so now uh, I think that, to answer your question again in a nutshell, that you have to, you have, to have a, a call or conviction to speak to it. And you have to know the difference between leading a re- revolution and being involved in a resolution. Where I pray first and, I, and I, I, I talk to the Lord and I trust the Lord that he's going to send the voice. And if no one else is speaking, then I raise my hand and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Th- that's so good. I want to ask this one question before we end this particular session. Because you said something that I think is part of identifying a larger issue. And that is that we need resolution and not revolution. And I seem to hear a lot of people both in and out of the church, talking about a need for revolution. How do we fix that? Because, again, a lot of people are thinking, if I revolt against the system uh, in church or out of church, you know, there are whole ministries that are started just with the whole idea of creating a revolution, and we want to, you know, upset the apple cart, et cetera, et cetera. How do we get people to change their viewpoint to see the need for resolution and not revolution. Well, I'll begin by saying this. If you sow a revolution, you're going to reap a civil war. Oh, my Lord. You know, um, um, the reality is, let's go back to America and its founding. I believe personally that, that um, America was poised to become... A, 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 a resolution to what was happening in England. There's a lot of history. England was so far off track. Um, the fact that one of their kings was able to defy um, the morality that was established by the church and start his own national church to do what he wanted to do, that thing, the church was already off track. That, to me, was an offense to the Lord. So so people came to the, to, uh, the new world so to speak america to, for freedom and it, it had resolution in mind mm-hmm. but but when when the um when the king sent his soldiers then it, it it changed into this um and it only became a revolution because the resolution went awry okay but even the even though now this is even, even an inadvertent revolution triggered a civil war some years later that's true. Wow. You see, so so I think um, we have to. Um, you, people say, "Well, suppose the, the top leaders are a part of the problem." Every leader in a situation is not a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And and the resolution to me, there should be prophetic voices speaking. I use the word prophetic 
um, very, very um, guardedly because people throw that word around when they don't know what else to say. Right. But something is prophetic when God literally speaks a word, sends, sends a, a, an idea, sends a directive, and then repeats it in the mouth of two or three disconnected or unconnected voices. Okay. That everything is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses, and now we know what the voice of the Lord is. If we operate on what God says, it's no longer a revolution because now here's what's happening. The, 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 the power on high has spoken since the people, he, the, the vessels that he set in the places of authority are ignoring him. God will bypass them. Wow. But I always say this. Every ministry, every government should have a grievance system. A, 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 a means by which people can have a clear path to come to the leader with the open door policy and voice their grievance so it could be handled from the top down and not the bottom up. Um, I don't care what happens. What, if you handle a situation from the bottom up, you will always be labeled a rebel. Wow. You'll be somebody's hero. You'll be somebody's hero if you're a rebel. But it, the fact is rebels always sow one thing and reap a harvest of the same. <sighs> Good grief. Wow. This took a turn, folks. And (laughs) (laughs) I really hope you gathered something from it because I really felt as though there was something very, very powerful that was shared in today's session. So here's what we want to do. I know you learned something today. We need to know what it is. So if you would hit us up via social media and use the hashtag heart to heart, that's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. We want to hear your comments. And if you have questions about what we've talked about today send them to us as well and we'll talk about it on a future episode in the meantime keep it locked and keep subscribing to on course with heart ramsey